you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about Pastor John MacArthur coming out and saying he isn't in favor of religious freedom. Pastor Jeff Jansen going full QAnon. Pastor Andrew Womack putting his hypocrisy on full display. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, the email address is telltalemailbag at gmail.com. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hi, I'm Matthew from Colorado. And I know how to tell if someone's in a cult and the Stephen Hassan stuff, you know, that. But how do you tell if someone's brainwashed? Because just because someone is brainwashed doesn't necessarily mean they're in a cult. So if you have any tips. Uh, that would be appreciative. Thank you. This person actually used to call in a lot. Their audio quality was really hard to understand, is really hard to hear. I'm glad that it, it's improved because they always come with interesting questions. I appreciate you calling in with that one, with improved audio, too, on top of that. In the psychology community, there is some level of disagreement about whether or not brainwashing exists. It definitely doesn't exist the way most people conceptualize brainwashing to be, the way they perceive it, the way that they think it exists. It's not like that. But in my opinion, brainwashing does exist. And I want to show you guys an example of this. I've showed an example of this in my main channel's videos before. But for anybody who doesn't think brainwashing exists, let me show you what I'm talking about when I'm referencing brainwashing. My name is Harold Webb from West Palm Beach, Florida. My name is Aaron Wilson from Urania, Louisiana. This is a very happy moment for me, for now I am free, free from McCarthyism. Friends, the only way to stop fascism in America is to do as I have done, stand up and fight for our rights. My name is Louis Griggs and my home is at Jacksonville, Texas. I stayed behind to escape the red bait in McCarthy and are sure that I'll never again have to fight in another unjust war as I did in Korea. Even if I had wanted repatriation, the fates of Dickinson and Bachelor would have stopped me. My name is Richard Tennyson. I live in Alden, Minnesota. People who hate war and stand up for their beliefs are faced with McCarthy and fascist cut control House and Americans Activities Committee. I will return someday when I can speak for peace lawfully. I have kind of a complicated hierarchy of what a cult is. I did this video a while back. It's about the different levels of cults because a lot of people felt like comparing Jonestown to Jehovah's Witnesses to, you know, any other group out there is unfair. How do you compare Patriot Front to Jonestown? They're not exactly the same, right? So I created this hierarchy of levels of cults. There's level one, two, and three, or tiers of cults. Basically, the difference revolves around whether or not they're centralized or decentralized, and if they have a hierarchy, a strict hierarchy. So level one is decentralized and non-focused, like they're not focused on a central figure that kind of calls the shots and controls things. Level two is decentralized, but focused. They're focused on a single figure that calls the shots and creates the belief system and the doctrine. 
And then there's level three, which is centralized and hierarchical. And that's where you get like Jehovah's Witnesses and stuff like that. That's how I define cults. I mean, it varies from group to group heavily, but the thing that all high control groups like cults have in common are the way that they control people. Behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotional control. That's how mind control is achieved with different control methods. So if somebody isn't in a cult but they're brainwashed by an ideology, then I would argue that the ideology that brainwashed them is some form of cult. That would be my position. And hopefully that gave a little bit of, hopefully that shed light on my viewpoint on this. Uh, hello, and this is Aaron. I'm from Michigan. Um, I use they, them pronouns. Um, my question to you is somebody who is also raised in a, uh, I guess, a, a fundamentalist uh, uh, religion is, you know, now as an adult and now that you've passed that, what are some things that you would say are a positive takeaway from that? Um, you know, nothing's all bad. What are some things you're grateful for in your upbringing in that religion? I was raised in Jehovah's Witnesses, so I never really had an opportunity to be my authentic self outside of the religion. So I don't know who I would have been. I don't know what kind of a moral compass I would have had if I hadn't grown up in the religion, but I feel happy with where my moral compass is now. For example, I'm a pacifist. I believe that human life comes before all else. It is the most precious thing in the universe, and I believe that death should be the absolute last resort in any situation. Being a pacifist as I am, I feel that's something that I picked up from the religion that I grew up in, and I can appreciate that. I feel like I got a decent moral compass from them, although I think they're terribly wrong in some of the moral values that they like to espouse. Horrifically wrong, life-damagingly wrong. So I, I don't want to make it out like they are like the center of moral virtue, Jehovah's Witnesses. They're not. But they do have moral values that I appreciate and that I stand up for, that I like, and that I want to teach to my kids. I just wish that all of that other stupid bullshit didn't have to come along with it. Anyways, I guess that would be my answer to the question. I like the moral values that I got from them, though I may have come to those on my own anyways. So, This is from Lilith. Hi, my name is Lilith. I'm from Michigan. I'm wondering why do Christians believe certain things are a sign from God? When the wildfires and hurricanes were going on, my grandma would not stop saying that the disasters were a sign from God. She claims God is punishing them for being too liberal and that this is what God does if you drift too far away. Why do Christians think people deserve this horrible stuff? Interesting question. I think there's a part of our psyche that wants to see retribution, that wants to see our enemies suffer terribly. And that part of our psyche has been there for so long that it basically formed out in our religious beliefs too. I mean, you can see in the Bible all through it, God getting retribution, divine retribution against his enemies. You can see examples of God ordering his people to take out like entire cities for just the slightest mistake or, or the littlest thing that they did. 
the smallest slight against him. Retribution against our enemies has been a part of our psyche for since the beginning, basically. And we continue to see it shine through. But I maintain that we should do our best to rise above our animal instincts and try to live as a part of a civilized society and recognize that human life is precious in all forms and suffering of any kind is a bad thing by its very nature. This is from The Biggest of Chungai. The title is Failed Patriot Front Infiltration. Hey Owen, I super chatted last stream about my failure to infiltrate Patriot Front. I managed to get as far as their in-person interview in my state before they detected that I wasn't a sincere member. I posed as a law student willing to provide the group with financial and eventually legal aid, which is quite close to my actual background as I plan to go into law school to help reduce the role of religion in my state government. The online interview consisted of mainly questions about my background. I describe myself as ethnic white nationalists seeking to help remove all non-white immigrants and citizens. The questions I was asked mostly consisted about my beliefs, including religious. I described myself as an atheist, and they didn't seem to mind. And political beliefs, as well as my skills at outdoorsmanship and hiking. I, I was also asked about my ability to help spread propaganda or participate in in-person demonstrations. As far as I know, they officially kick out anyone who thinks violence is necessary, so there's that at least. That is true. That is part of their surface-level belief that, you know, violence is wrong. However, they do have a deeper belief that revolution is okay under the right circumstances. And of course, the definition of revolution is overthrowing the existing government by force if necessary. So on a surface level, they do believe that violence is wrong, you know, according to anybody in the group or whatever, uh, violence is wrong, don't want any violence. But they continue to justify it through their belief system over and over and over again. Even if it's in subtle ways, they do justify violence against the government. Patriot Front specifically has been preparing for a time when society is going to collapse and they are going to seize the reins of control over society and rebuild it in their image, which is basically a neo-Nazi image, for lack of a better term. Let's keep reading the email here. As far as I know, they officially kick out anyone who thinks violence is necessary, so there's that at least. I was also asked about how many people I knew were receptive to their beliefs. They have a private chat room for people to wait until interviews, which occur every day at 2000 CST, which is at 8 p.m. I initially became aware of the group because I saw some of their flyers at my college. Well, I hope you found this interesting. I could try to provide further details if you'd like, and I hope you'll share my story and knowledge about the recruitment process. That is very interesting. I appreciate you sending that to me. If you have more to send me, then go ahead. You have my email address. Um, if anyone's curious, it's telltalemailbag at gmail.com. Anyway, thank you so much. That is really interesting. Patriot Front is an incredibly disturbing group for many different reasons. One of the reasons I find Patriot Front so disturbing is because they have somehow convinced people that they are uh, a fed operation, that it's just feds that work there, that, that are trying to pretend to be extremists. I don't know why anybody would think that, how anyone would reach that conclusion. But Joe Rogan seems to believe that. I talked about that in a video I did about Patriot Front a while back. 
blows my fucking mind. The fact that they're slipping under the radar, nobody seems to be worried about them because they have thoroughly convinced people that there's nothing to worry about. It's an extremely concerning group, and we should definitely have our eyes on them. I don't know if you guys knew, but YouTube is doing this massive crackdown right now where they're demonetizing and deprioritizing a ton of channels all at once. Um, for example, a true crime YouTuber with 5 million subscribers called JCS, Criminal Psychology, is basically leaving YouTube completely. 5 million subbies and they're leaving YouTube because of what's happening right now. All of the demonetization and deprioritization has led to a massive flood of manual reviews. And... It's increased the amount of time that it takes manual reviewers to actually review a video. It started out at like, you know, sometimes same day. Certainly by the next day they'd have it reviewed, but now it's all the way up to like a maximum of seven days. It's like a full week sometimes. I had some reviewed and it took them three days. That's a problem for me because I release my videos in succession the day after I stream. I don't even care about whether or not the video is making money. That's not as important to me as the fact that when it's demonetized, that means YouTube destroys its engagement and reach. It just cripples it. It doesn't go anywhere. On the podcast... My videos usually get around 30 to 50,000 views, depending on the type of video. I've even gotten up to 80 to 100,000 views on some. On my main channel, they get 80,000 to 150,000. Sometimes they've gone up to 300,000, and I have a couple that are past a million views. Well, if it's demonetized, it won't see more than 10,000 views sometimes, 15 or 20,000 absolute maximum if it's demonetized. It's not about the money, it's about the fact that they're just destroying its ability to go out to a wider audience when they do that. So since it takes a week sometimes to get things like manually reviewed, I decided to get a week ahead of schedule and do a podcast early. So that's why I'm doing it on a Monday instead of next week when I normally would. Moving forward, I intend to have a podcast edited and pushed out and ready to release a week ahead of schedule from here on. So hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully you guys understand why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Captain Gars, I'd wager that YouTube is getting contributions from someone. For example, a lot of the traditional value type channels are doing fairly well lately. Yeah, um, that wouldn't surprise me. Also, YouTube just got lambasted for um, by Washington Post and some other fact-checking organizations. It was just in the news recently. And they, they want to look like they're doing something. So they're basically making things way, way, way more strict. And it's just a complete pain in the ass. I fucking hate YouTube sometimes. I heart dogs. If podcasts are pre-recorded, what about Super Chats? They aren't pre-recorded. I do the live stream usually. And I read the Super Chats and I talk to all you guys and all that other stuff. And then I get all of the content together and I cut it up into segments and edit it down and cut out all of the ums and uhs and whatever else. And I upload the videos. And if there's a particularly interesting Super Chat question, 
I will upload it to TikTok or I'll add it on to voicemails or I'll add it on to the end of one of the segments or something. The question that you have here, I don't know how I would fit it into something like this question doesn't really tack on to any of my segments well. So it, I'm probably not going to include this in the content that I release publicly. It's just us. Next, we're going to talk about Pastor John MacArthur coming out and saying he isn't in favor of religious freedom. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. This is John MacArthur. I do have a video coming out about him soon on my main channel, so keep a lookout for it, but I want to give you guys a little bit of a refresher on who he is in case you haven't seen that video, or in case you've never heard of him before. So let me give you a little bit of lead up into who this guy is. He's been active in the anti-LGBT community and the evangelical community for a long, long time. His dad was a radio host for a radio show. I think that he got into it in the late 60s, early 70s with his own radio show. I think the name of it was Grace to You. So he's been in this for like a very long time. Back in the early 2000s when gay marriage was seriously being discussed, he made some appearances on Larry King Live and other places arguing against gay marriage in the, the early 2000s. I think 2004 he made an appearance there. I'll be talking about one of the clips from that Larry King interview a little bit later in this video, but for now I want to give you some lead up into who he is and what he's talking about now. This clip is from late December 2021, so it's not that old. Let's see what he had to say for himself. This one is about gay marriage. And then it says, then God gave them over to homosexuality, women with women, men with men, and even receiving in their bodies the due reward of their iniquity, which would be AIDS and other venereal diseases. And there it is. He says that AIDS is judgment on the LGBT community for sinning against God. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? This guy is pretty much the same as every other extremist evangelical pastor I cover. I don't know if you guys remember this, but back in 2001, after 9-11 took place, Jerry Falwell Sr. came out and blamed 9-11 on the LGBT community, said that they were sinning against God, and for that reason, God lifted the veil of protection. And now the U.S. is suffering because of the LGBT community. What we saw on Tuesday, as terrible as it is, could be minuscule if, in fact, if, in fact, God continues to lift the curtain and allow the enemies of America to give us probably what we deserve. The ACLU's got to take a lot of blame for this. Oh, yeah. And I know I'll hear from them for this, but uh, throwing God or successfully with the help of the federal court system throwing God out of the public square, out of the schools, 
Uh, the abortionists have got to bear some burden for this because uh, God will not be mocked and when we destroy 40 million little innocent babies, we make God mad. I, I really believe that the pagans and the abortionists and the feminists and the gays and the lesbians who are actively trying to make that an alternative lifestyle, the ACLU, People for the American Way, all of them who tried to secularize America, I point the thing in their face and say, you helped this happen. Well, I, I totally concur. He said it with a straight face. What's even worse about this specific guy is the fact that he is so incredibly intertwined with the evangelical community. You wouldn't know it because his name doesn't come up as often as you would think, but it's always a footnote. It's always there. He's always in the background. For example, he's connected to the Duggars. You guys know the Duggars, right? 19 Kids and Counting, that TV show on TLC. You remember Josh Duggar got in all of that trouble recently and he's sitting in jail now over it? One of the Duggar girls, Ginger Duggar, married her husband, Jeremy. I think his last name's Vuolo. Jeremy Vuolo? Yeah, Jeremy Vuolo is the name. Anyways, Jeremy Vuolo and Ginger Duggar got married, moved to California, and Jeremy started attending the Bible school that this guy started. This guy founded a Bible school in California. That's how influential and powerful and well-known this guy is, really. So Jeremy's going to that Bible school and essentially training to be a pastor in the same fashion as John MacArthur is. He is an incredibly well-known and high-profile evangelical pastor, and some of his views are incredibly disturbing. That's why we have to talk about this guy. So, uh, needless to say, he doesn't like the LGBT community, and we'll get into that a little bit more pretty soon. But that brings us to the next clip I wanted to watch. This is the newest one, early January 2022. Now that we have a little bit of background for who this guy is, I want to talk about the latest clip. Let's give this one a watch and see what he had to say. Um, I read the other day that one of the evangelical publicists, whatever that is, said he's happy to let us know that the new administration will uphold religious freedom. He's talking about the Biden administration in case this, you know, in case you're watching this 10 years after I release the video or whatever. He's saying that the Biden administration is going to uphold religious freedom. That's what was said. And of course, Biden hasn't done anything to cause problems for the evangelical community. I mean, Biden himself is absurdly religious. He's Catholic and he's incredibly devout in his faith. So I would honestly be surprised if Biden did anything to cause any issues for the evangelicals. But you know what? John MacArthur doesn't want religious freedom. Keep listening. Really? The new administration will uphold religious freedom? Um, I don't even support religious freedom. Religious freedom is what sends people to hell. I to say I support religious freedom is to say I support idolatry. It's to say I support lies, I support hell, I support the kingdom of darkness. You can't say that. No Christian with half a brain would say, we support religious freedom, we support the truth. That is some shit, isn't it? 
That is some shit. And listen, people clap for this. The dude doesn't want religious freedom. He wants religious supremacy. Actually, he wants evangelical supremacy. He wants his version of Christianity, which he happens to know is on top right now in the United States. He wants it to reign supreme and decide the moral values of the country, dictate the moral values for everybody in the U.S. He doesn't want you to have freedom to choose a religion. He doesn't want Muslims in the United States. He doesn't want pagans in the United States. He doesn't even want other brands of Christian in the United States. He wants everybody here to be his brand of Christian. That is called Christian nationalism. The fact that he's saying this should give you a hint that he knows that he has supremacy right now and that he has religious privilege. He knows he's on top. This pretty much, in my mind, invalidates any claims of persecution that he could possibly have. Anytime he comes out here and says his people are so persecuted, oh, he's so persecuted, he's so mistreated as a Christian in the U.S., what he just said invalidated every bit of it. We knew that he wasn't persecuted from the beginning. We've known about that this whole time, but he likes to pretend he is. Let's keep listening. If the new administration supports religious freedom, get ready. Persecution will be ramped up because the more supportive they are of the devil's lies, the less they're going to tolerate the truth of Scripture. Religious freedom means tolerating everybody. We live in a country made up of 330 million people or somewhere in that range. People from all different backgrounds, all different religions and races and everything else. We have to work with each other. We have to get along and live with each other. The government is not here to dictate morality. That would be impossible because there are so many different forms of morality, different opinions on what morality means and everything else in this, uh, in this country. It's so many different versions of morality here. The government shouldn't be dictating morality in any way. What the government should be doing is protecting people's rights and nothing more. The Constitution and the United Nations have defined what human rights are. We have the UN Declaration of Human Rights. I think it's in the 20s as far as articles go, maybe 26 articles or something like that. And they're just like a sentence or two long each. Everybody has a right to life, freedom, and personal security or something like that. That was the UN's Declaration of Human Rights. They have a huge-ass list of them, and the government's job is to come in and protect those rights for you. So, I have a right to life. That's been defined in the Constitution and the UN's Declaration of Human Rights. That means murder is against the law. If somebody came in and murdered me, it would be a violation of my basic human right to life. So the government can come in and regulate that. That doesn't mean the government is saying murder is wrong. It has nothing to do with what's right or wrong. The government is not making decisions based on what's right or wrong. The government's making decisions based on human rights. That's the fundamental difference here. John MacArthur believes the government should be dictating morality to people, and he believes that his specific brand of Christianity has a monopoly on morality. It knows what is moral and what isn't, and it's the only source for that 
morality, and the government has to come to him to get it. That is his viewpoint. In reality, the Founding Fathers understood social contract theory and realized the government shouldn't have a say in morality at all. Let's keep listening. We're not going to lobby for freedom of religion. What, what kind of nonsense is that? We are in the world to expose all those lies as lies. The fact that he doesn't want freedom of religion should tell you that he realizes he's not persecuted. If a pastor is being honest with you, they will say that. They will acknowledge that Christianity, any form of Christianity basically, isn't persecuted in the U.S. They have privilege, with very few exceptions. As a matter of fact, our old buddy Steven Anderson from the NIFB said exactly that. This came from mid-June 2021. Check this out. You know what I know is that today I can get up and preach the Word of God today and nobody's here to stop me. I can get up and thunder forth the Word of God and scream and yell the truths of Scripture as loud as I want and broadcast it all over the internet to the whole world. And you know what? Nobody's here to stop me, are they? So that's all that matters. Yeah, but what about next week? What if Biden gets a second term? <laughs> you see what I mean? It's just stupid to just worry about stuff that never even happens. I mean, I remember when, when Obama got elected, it was supposed to be the end of the world, too. Chuck Norris said that exact thing. We will face a thousand years of darkness if Obama wins in like 2012 or something. It was so ridiculous. We know you love your family and your freedom as much as Gina and I do. And it is because of that we can no longer sit quietly or stand on the sidelines and watch our country go the way of socialism or something much worse. Our only hope is for each of us to make sure we have not only registered to vote in the primary and the general elections for 2012, but to make sure our voices will be heard by casting our vote on election day. Our great president, Ronald Reagan, said, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. President Reagan went on to say that you and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We will preserve for our children this last best hope for man on earth, or we will sentence them to take the first step into a thousand years of darkness. If we fail, at least let our children and our children's children say of us, we justified our brief moment here. We did all that could be done. Please stand with us. Let's unite for God and country, and may God continue to bless the United States of America. See you at the polls. Thank you. But, you know, conservatives bought it. Conservatives ate that hook, line, and sinker. And here we are. Thousand years of darkness never happened. I digress. Eight years of Obama, and here we are. Right? I mean, how much... Can creepy Uncle Joe actually do to us? <laughs> and you know, the worst thing he can do to me is kill me, and then I'll just go straight to heaven. And guess what? Creepy Uncle Joe is not even talking about killing me. That's not going to happen. You know, we're not even experiencing serious persecution in America at all. You know, today the big persecution in America is like, oh, this bakery was forced to bake a cake for no, I'm not going to go underground, but it's like people are talking about going underground in America in 2021 when we're not even being persecuted. 
This, we're at like, out of 100, we're at like persecution level three out of 100. There was no forced vaccinations. To all of these boogeymen that people are constantly scared of, you know, they don't even end up happening most of the time. I am so fascinated to hear him say some of this, and I wish I like knew the, the broader context behind some of the things that he said, but this was like, you know, a minute and a half in the middle of like a three-hour sermon or something like that, and sitting there through a three-hour sermon, like I did that uh, like a week ago. I, I literally sat here for like nine hours and listened to three-hour sermons the entire time. But I can only do that so much. So I'm not 100% sure what the context was surrounding this. But it seems pretty clear to me that even he recognizes, even Stephen Anderson, Stephen Anderson knows that Christians aren't persecuted in the United States. If this video wasn't enough to prove that they recognize they're not persecuted in the U.S., then John MacArthur's video should be more than enough to recognize it too. Earlier, I mentioned John MacArthur went on Larry King Live in 2004 to talk about gay marriage, right? To talk about what would happen if gay marriage was legalized because it was illegal at that time. Gavin Newsom, a mayor of, I think, San Francisco at the time, newly elected mayor, went on to argue with John MacArthur about gay marriage and whether or not it should be legal. Gavin Newsom was one of very few Democrats at the time who were actually in favor of gay marriage. I mean, even Hillary Clinton didn't come around on gay marriage until like the late 2000s, 2009, I think, maybe? I don't remember. But Obama, none of them were in favor of gay marriage. I'm honestly surprised Gavin Newsom was at this point, but I wanted to listen to what a Christian on this program thought Christian persecution looked like at the time, 2004. Listen to this. Um, my first question is, uh, why, if you support equal rights for gays in regard to marriage, was an exception made for those same gay couples to allow to marry during extended hours, which were given um, to them as an exception for, from what I suppose straight couples. Let's say uh, hundreds of straight couples wanted to get married this last Valentine's Day. Would that same exception would have been made for them? And my second part of that question is, who paid for all of the extra staff and overtime that was required to accommodate um, the situation. Let me give you a little added context to this question. Gavin Newsom was breaking the law in California and San Francisco by allowing gay marriage to take place so that he would be sued or so the city would be sued and the lawsuit would go all the way up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court would adjudicate or judge whether or not gay marriage should be allowed in the United States. He was trying to make a Supreme Court case out of it. It's a good idea. I mean, that's how the judicial system works. That's how it's always worked. So, you know, 100% with him on that. It was a good idea. This caller was upset that he did that and started to imply that he was giving special privileges to gay people that straight people didn't have. That is where their heads are at. The straight couples are worried about being persecuted because now gay couples can get married. That is the definition of privilege. 
when all you know is privilege, equality feels like oppression. Let's listen to Gavin Newsom's answer to this person's question about persecution. Yeah, uh, both uh, good questions. The fact is we had over 200 volunteers. Uh, the city actually, uh, in, in a curious and unintended way, has actually generated revenue uh, from this effort, the marriage certificates. There's actually a fee uh, that, uh, uh, that is encumbered uh, to the couple. But let me back up on the point of extending hours for one class of marriage versus another. No, we extended the hours of operation for marriage for everybody, opposite okay. gender couples as well as same-sex couples. This fear of persecution is fabricated. It was fabricated in 2004. It was fabricated in the 1940s, 50s, 60s, and 70s when black people were finally allowed to marry white people, when they were finally allowed to go to school with white people. And it's fabricated now when people are worried that gay marriage is going to make straight marriage less special somehow. It's been fabricated since the beginning, and it still is. Sydney Adnapaz, welcome. I used to hear John MacArthur on the radio as a kid, and my dad used to have his study Bible. He's been a pretty terrible person for as long as I can remember, but I've never heard him this blatant. Yep, a while back I covered some of the COVID misinformation that he spread. He actually said there is no pandemic. This was in August of 2020, so we'd been dealing with the pandemic for a solid six months at this point. And he comes out on stage and says to his church, his megachurch, there is no pandemic. How fucked up is that, man? Then later, he absolutely refused to close his church down. Refused. He was even sued by the city to try to force him to shut his church down temporarily, go online for the safety of the people involved. And he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't even take basic precautions. He wouldn't wear masks. He wouldn't space the chairs out six feet apart. He wouldn't take temperatures at the door. He wouldn't do the most basic shit. And then he comes out there and he says, not because we have a rebellious spirit, just because God told us to meet. God telling you to meet has nothing to do with taking temperature, temperatures at the door. You're more than free to take temperatures at the door, but he refused. He absolutely wouldn't even do that. He's an embarrassment. Next, we're going to talk about Pastor Jeff Jansen going full QAnon. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. been a while since I've talked about Pastor Jeff Jansen, but I want to introduce you to him once again, because I don't think I've talked about this guy for nearly a year, or, or some maybe six months. I'm not sure. It's been a while. So let me give you a refresher on who this guy is. Leading up to the 2020 election, the Trump-Biden election, there were a bunch of pastors who claimed that God gave them divine insight, gave them prophecy. They said that God told them Trump was going to win the 2020 election, and he was one of those people. So what happened after Biden was inaugurated? They disintegrated. They couldn't handle it. Jeff Jansen specifically refused to accept it, continued to go out there and talk to these massive platforms. This guy on the left here, Steve Schultz, he's got a platform of around 400,000 listeners on Facebook. 400,000.
1,000 listeners. So he goes on this show, among others, Jeff Jansen does, and he's telling people that it's just going to be one more day, one more week, one more year. Just wait. Trump is going to take office again. This is early February 2021 when he made this appearance. Let's give this one a watch and see what he had to say to our Mr. Steve Schultz here. There was inauguration. He put his hand on a Bible or a supposed Bible. Someone said it's upside down. I don't know if it was, but they put a hand on a... God, they love engaging in conspiracy theory, don't they? Steve Schultz claiming that Biden put his hand on an upside down Bible. That's nonsense. It was just a fucking Bible. And by the way, we shouldn't be using Bibles for swearing in anyways, but I'm not going to get... I'm not going to go down that road right now. We're talking about Jeff Jansen. Let's continue. On a Bible said the right words, and now people say, okay, now he's our president, now we have to pray for our president. Look at this guy on the right getting really pissed off. You you know, swinging that seatbelt around. Oh, let me adjust this seatbelt. I'm so upset about this right now. He's our president, now we have to pray for our president. No, he's not our president. He is not, nor will he ever be. And um, this, everybody knows there was a red tidal wave. There was a red sea moment, which is a red tidal wave. And uh, quite frankly, America voted in Donald J. Trump. President Trump is president. We will be rejoicing in the streets by March, April, May, June. Wow, that sounds like a very specific prediction to me, right? This guy is specifically predicting that by March, April, May, June, of 2021, Donald Trump will be reinstated as president. And he's speaking from a position of authority as a prophet of God saying this stuff. He chose to start with March for a very specific reason. In early 2021, there was this QAnon idea floating around that after the Union rejoined the Confederacy, or vice versa, after the Civil War, what actually happened was they formed into a new company. They didn't form into the U.S. government again. They formed into a new corporation the Corporation of the United States, and anything that happened past that moment was invalidated because any decisions made, any presidents elected, or anything like that, it was all done under the authority of the Corporation of the United States rather than the government of the United States. So according to the QAnoners out there, this guy included, the idea is that the U.S. government has only had like, I don't, 18 or 19 presidents. I forget how many exactly. The last president to be elected under the U.S. government was Lincoln, I think, is what they believe. So Ulysses S. Grant onward was invalid. So the idea is that anything that took place after that point is invalid and doesn't count. Well, it just so happens that they changed Inauguration Day from March 4th to January 20th, uh, back in the early 1900s. So they believed that that was invalidated, and they had this idea in their heads, QAnon did, that Donald Trump was going to become the 18th president or 19th president, however many. He was going to be the 18th or 19th president of the United States, and he was going to be inaugurated officially by the military on March 4th, 2021. 
That's what they believed. They believed that it was all going to come crashing down and the deep state was going to fall to pieces and Trump was going to come riding in on a horse, swinging a sword around, just all this stuff. That's why he started counting at March. That's why he said this was going to happen by March, April, May, June, because he believed Trump was going to be re-inaugurated on March 4th. And around that time, we can see like a billion of these televangelists and prophets, you know, self-proclaimed prophets of God coming out and claiming around March 4th, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're waiting. Kat Kerr, for example, came out and banged her little stick around and said, Donald Trump is going to be president and all this other stuff. Right now, I declare and I call forth our president to take his rightful place, Trump, to come forth right now, step into your destiny that God gave you, called you, appointed you, and anointed you for this time to declare over America, to help America. This is his choice, and we call you forth right now in the name of Jesus Christ, who is with you, who will always be with you, the people are with you. The prophets of God are with you. The military is with you. So come forth. Step into your destiny now, saith the Lord. That's what we've been watching happen this entire time leading up to March 4th. That's why he started there. Let's keep watching. There's going to be an amazing turnaround. You just watch what happens. Um, and the world will rejoice. Not just, not just America. The world will rejoice because um, of this exposure. And, and uh, so I'm telling you, that's going to take place. That uh, You know, I'm going down with the ship on this. The Lord showed me. The Lord showed you, you say. The Lord showed you this. Fascinating because, uh, you know, here we are. It is now 2022. You said this was going to happen March, April, May, or June of 2021. And here we are. Nothing happened. Trump is still a loser. Biden is still the president making decisions for the country. There is no indication whatsoever that Trump has any amount of power in the country. Let me borrow a phrase from a Mr. Gino Jennings, another televangelist, evangelical extremist pastor, who doesn't side with the evangelicals who made this claim that God told him that Trump is going to be president. Either you lied or God lied. Which one was it? Somebody lied along the way. I'm not promoting Biden or Harris. Now, now there's some fella, I don't know who you are, his name is Frank. He said, are you going to speak against Biden and Harris and what the Democratic Party standing for? I spoke against the Democratic Party before I heard of a Biden or a Harris. <laughs> Amen. I speak against everything that's not like God. That's right. And Frank, I don't know who you are, but if you're one of them ones that said that prophecy, you're on your way to hell too. Right. Send all these so-called evangelicals a copy of this message. That's right. Send it to their website. Send yeah. it to their Facebook. Yeah. And ask them one question. That's right. Who's a liar? That's right. God Almighty or you? So that's Jeff Jansen. After his March prediction fell flat, after he realized that Trump wasn't going to be re-inaugurated March 4th, 
he came along and made a new prediction. Check this one out. I've had people email me and say, Jeff, you missed it. You said President Trump was going to be serving back-to-back -back terms and back-to-back -back presidency. Uh, but there's nothing magical about January the 20th. You have to realize that uh, what's taken place in our nation has been a hostile takeover. And uh, just because there was a fake inauguration, and that's exactly what it was, a fake inauguration, uh, uh, for, for optics and for posture, let them have their day in the sun doing what's going to take place. He never agreed to anything. He never stepped away, never conceded. Doesn't matter if he conceded or not. It's completely fucking irrelevant. What matters is how many votes were cast for one person over the other person. Biden got more votes and he got more electoral votes too, not just more in the popular vote. He got more electoral votes and that's really what matters. I'm not a huge fan of that fact, but that's what it is. He got more electoral votes and that means he won. Now he is president. I know you don't like that, Jeff. I know that's, I know that eats you up inside, but here we are, man. Don't claim that God told you something that God didn't tell you. It's just going to make you look silly stepped aside momentarily while things are being sorted out. And he used every available option afforded him to be able to do that constitutionally through the House of Representatives, through the courts. But listen, the court system is corrupt. The Supreme Court is corrupt, ju corrupt judges, uh, corrupt everything. And uh, he tried. They blocked him at every, 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 every place they blocked him said he didn't have standing in the court system. The president of the United States doesn't have standing in the, in the court system. That's correct. Uh, the president of the United States needs to have standing for very specific cases. Standing has a very specific legal definition. In law, standing or locus standi is a condition that a party seeking a legal remedy must show they have by demonstrating to the court sufficient connection to the harm from the law or action challenge to support that party's participation in the case. In most cases that he was trying to bring, that it, he was, it was just completely invalid. He was claiming that these voters were cheated or whatever else. Well, you have to find the voter and they have to file the lawsuit. You can't file a lawsuit for somebody else. That's not how it works. And you have to actually find proof of these things taking place before you can actually file a lawsuit. That's just how the court system works. That's how it's always worked. In fact, that's how it's worked since, I don't know, how old is standing? I think standing has existed since like the Middle Ages in Europe. I don't know how old the concept is, but it's fucking old. You can't just walk in and sue anybody for any reason. You have to prove that you are somehow injured and it can be remedied by a lawsuit, that you personally have been injured by something. That's just how this stuff works. That's how the legal system works. And the fact that he's sitting here complaining that Trump doesn't have standing in the legal system tells me he doesn't understand that at all. He doesn't understand the basics of how the legal system works. The basics. I've never taken, oh, okay, let me rephrase. I took a couple law classes in like high school and college, like business law and tort law and a couple of others like 15 fucking years ago. And I understand this stuff. This is like the first thing you learn when you take a class like that. Let's keep listening. Basically, he's done all that he could do. And when it was all said and done, the house did not, was not able to do it. He stepped aside, he never conceded. And the doesn't matter if he conceded or not, completely 100% irrelevant. He stepped aside, he never conceded, 
And the last defense is military. So the military, actually, the military is in control right now. Is there any evidence for this at all? Any evidence? I'll take anything. Give me a shred of evidence that the military is in control, quote unquote, that the military is, is operating outside of Biden's command. That is what I would like to see. That's what I would need proved to me before I believe a word this guy says. They've already made their determination. It, now it's about execution. Now it's about returning civil power after after the the we the people factor, uh, the the rightly duly elected president from this past election uh, comes forward and they expose the corruption. There will be civil power restored to the United States, and that president will be Donald J. Trump. Watch what the Lord does, but I believe that April. Oh, here we go. This is his prediction. You guys ready? Buckle up for this one. I would be surprised if things don't happen by by the end of April. Now I'm talking the 23rd, 24th, and 25th, which I believe are key dates. <laughs> That's some shit, isn't it? He believes that by the end of April 2021, 24th, 25th, 26th are key dates that the Lord told him this. That is absolutely hilarious. Well, guess what? It didn't end there. His April prediction came and went. And now we're in May of 2021, and he releases another video, another prediction video. This guy can't stop himself but to release predictions. And these aren't predictions. I'm sorry. I'm using the wrong word. They're not predictions. They're prophecies. He releases another prophecy video, a prophecy from God. Late May 2021. Give this one a listen. Hey, guys. Jeff Jansen, Global Fire Ministries International. Tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, President Trump, yes, they're calling him President Trump, is going to be addressing the GOP uh, and the nation. I'm not sure if it's televised, probably not. It'll be a, a live stream for sure. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be talking about the uh, the five states from uh, Georgia, you know, Michigan, Arizona, Wisconsin, and uh, Pennsylvania. But uh, we'll watch what happens. Uh, I said by spring, which starts officially June the 23rd, Actually, you said by April. And before that, you said by March. And before that, you said he would never get inaugurated. Biden wouldn't. I mean, you keep moving the, the goalpost here. But please continue. It is endlessly entertaining to watch. Don't let me stop you. June the 23rd, uh, we'd be dancing in the streets. The Trump administration is on its way in. The, the pedophilia Biden administration the fake administration, Biden's administration's on its way out. I don't care if you like it or not, it doesn't matter. We all know what took place and uh, God is going to do something amazing in this nation and through this nation. Uh, it's, it's revival time, it's revolution time. This is painful to watch. Well, interestingly enough, um, this guy actually kind of got kicked out of Global Fire Ministries, which is something that I believe he founded with his wife. There were some rumblings in the evangelical community about what was going on with Jeff Jansen around that time, around the time that this video was filmed that we just watched. This article came out on the Friendly Atheist website written by Hemant Mehta. It came out May 7th. The title is Christian Ministry Fires MAGA-Loving Prophet for Unbiblical Behavior. So around the time that this video was filmed, Jeff Jansen faced some serious ramifications 
for some decisions that he made, apparently. Like I said, he was the leader of Global Fire Ministries, and I believe he was even the founder of it with his wife. Global Fire Ministries released this statement to the world May 5th, 2021. Quote, It's with deep sorrow that Jeff Jansen has been asked by his board to step down as co-senior leader of Global Fire Church and from Global Fire Ministries due to unscriptural and, um, and unbiblical behavior. He was asked to step down in April, and this was made public to the church body on May 2nd. A statement was released to partners and friends on May 5th. Due to his pattern of making poor moral choices and bad coping mechanisms, character flaws became obvious, which disqualified Jeff from New Testament leadership. His lifestyle in the home, traveling on the road, and in the house of God has fallen below biblical standards laid out for those in leadership. He has been confronted concerning these flaws numerous times over a period of time. Rather than submit to the process of healing and restoration, Jeff recently made an intentional decision to leave his wife and family to pursue his own desires. He remains unrepentant and unremorseful. Any pursuit of further ministry on Jeff's behalf is not under the umbrella and blessing of Global Fire Ministries. Global Fire Church will continue to thrive. Our church was built on the importance of family, and that will remain. Sincerely, Global Fire Leadership Team Board and Advisors. So, he created Global Fire Ministries, which is actually pretty well known. It turns out it's a really big organization, reasonably big one. And now he is no longer a member. He's been kicked out as of May 5th, 2021. So he's out on his own. Well, guess what? Dude had more to say. He's not giving up that easily. He released a brand new clip early January 2022. This is what I wanted to watch when we finally got into this. Dude has made failed prophecy after failed prophecy over and over again all last year, claiming that Trump would be president nonstop, apparently got kicked out of the church that he created in the first place for immoral decisions. What's he up to early January 2022? I told people last Christmas, listen to me, I was prophesying about about the administration. I was prophesying about Trump. Oh, yeah. You know what? I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were. You were prophesying about Donald Trump. I appreciate the fact that he didn't say he was predicting things about Donald Trump. He actually used the word prophesying, thus validating the fact that he said this stuff came from God back then. I would have thought that he'd try to back his way away from using the word prophesy here because they fell flat so hard. But no, he accepts it apparently. Let's keep listening. About Trump, I was prophesying about the elections. I said, watch what happens on Nashville, Tennessee on Christmas morning. Uh, for the record, you may not remember this. I barely remember this. There was an explosion in Tennessee that came from a van at the time. I remember it made the news. So why is he even mentioning this? This is like old shit, right? Watch what happens. Nashville, Tennessee, Christmas morning. You know what happened in Nashville, Tennessee, Christmas morning? And it wasn't some guy in a van. That was a that was a space war. That was a that was a satellite strike. Uh, what? It was a satellite strike. Okay. Um, this is news to me. Where is this even coming from? No evidence for it, of course. Just wait. Just wait. It gets even more unhinged. That was a that was a satellite strike. That's what that was. Taking out the Dominion server building where all the information for the election was. Are you kidding me? 
Christmas morning it was taking out the Dominion servers? Where is he even getting all of this information? This is fucking bizarre. They were Baal worshippers, child-sacrificing, Luciferian. That's what they were. So much like the Democrats or the Democratos or the Luciferian agenda behind governments. And it's not just America, it's global. There it is. There's the blood libel. You know, back in the 1940s in Germany, they used to say that these exact lines, these exact lines about Jewish people, they used to say that they were sacrificing kids to Molech or Baal or, or whatever to their evil god. They were sacrificing kids. They were eating babies. That's the joke. Atheists used to make that joke all the time. You know, I eat babies. But that's really actually, in real life, an accusation that they used to make against Jewish people in the 1940s. And here we are, once again, history has come full circle. You would think that eventually we would learn from our mistakes. Somehow we keep coming back to this, and that same blood libel trope keeps coming back up. It's a global system that consumes children's sacrifice and blood and, and adrenochrome for, for the purpose of a currency, for the purpose of you know what for. He's hitting every single buzzword he possibly can. Adrenochrome, for the record, does exist as a chemical, but it's not a drug. It's not used as a drug. It, it's never been used as a drug. That's just from the Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas storyline. It was a movie. It's fake. You can buy adrenaline if you want. You don't have to get, like, adrenochrome. You can just buy straight adrenaline. It comes in EpiPens. People have them in their purses. They're not hard to get a hold of. If you want adrenaline, you can just buy an EpiPen. Or, alternatively, you can go skydiving or something. There are a billion options to get adrenaline pumping in your system. Now, as far as adrenochrome goes, it has no medical use. It's not useful at all. It's easily accessible. You can buy it on eBay or anywhere else. It's not hard to find. And as far as I know, it's not even an illegal. It's not a controlled substance, as far as I know. If you do drink adrenochrome, it just gives you a headache. That's it. There's nothing special about adrenochrome. But all of the buzzwords that this guy is using, all put together, spell QAnon. All of the stuff he's talking about are QAnon talking points. I knew this guy was QAnon, but hearing him come out and say it so blatantly, hearing him dog whistle at best, use the language that you hear from them like this so blatantly, was unexpected, honestly. I didn't expect to hear him come out and say it so plainly, but here we are. If you were wondering what Jeff Jansen was up to, formerly of Global Fire Ministries. He's queuing on now, and he's open about it. And apparently he hasn't been deterred by the fact that every prophecy he made fell flat. Captain Gars, I must amend my prior statement. The blood libel is massively malicious. How can we classify this as Christianity when it's so apocryphal? Right? Well, the thing is about this... It's not just Christianity. His belief system is like a mix of different things. It's a mix of Christianity and COVID skepticism and anti-Semitism. It's just a mix of all kinds of stuff. Now, if you ask him straight up, if you get in his face and say, do you hate Jewish people? He would almost certainly say no. He has no problem with Jewish people. 
but he's using all of the same tropes of blood libel, all of the same loaded language about elites controlling Hollywood and all the other shit that was being said about Jewish people in the 1940s. They, they are the world's scapegoat and have been for centuries, millennia maybe. He may not believe himself to be anti-Semitic, and he may not hold any blatantly, plainly anti-Semitic views, but the ideas and conspiracies and beliefs that he adheres to are plainly anti-Semitic, inherently anti-Semitic. That's just what it is. He may not like that. He may disagree with it, but that's what it is, man. You spread the, the blood libel trope, and you talk about Hollywood elites controlling things and you know sacrificing kids to your gods and all the other shit. That's a more polite version of anti-Semitism, as far as I'm concerned. It's still absolutely unacceptable. Next, we're going to talk about Pastor Andrew Womack putting his hypocrisy on full display. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. guys remember Andrew Womack? It's been a while since I talked about this guy. Well, he released a new clip mid-January 2022 that I wanted to talk about because he had some interesting things to say in it. Then we're going to go over some of his older stuff to see if he is consistent in the beliefs that he establishes in this latest video. Let's give this a watch. Like I said, mid-January 2022. But did you know every lie that is ever told, Satan is the father of it. No, I'll bear with you for a second just to follow you through, but I already see a doctrinal error here. Let's just continue. All lies originate with the devil. And the scripture in Exodus chapter 20, one of the Ten Commandments, it, isn't, it didn't just say thou shalt not lie. It says you shall not bear false witness. Did you know there wasn't a command against lying? There was a command against false witness. Okay, I feel like he's playing word games here because ancient Hebrew, the ancient Hebrew language, didn't have words for a lot of the things that we have words for today. Bearing false witness and lying could have effectively been the same thing in that culture. I'm really not super sure I'm on board with his interpretation of this so far, but... Let's keep listening. You could actually say true statements, but present it in the wrong context. And you could bear false witness. This is done. That's called lying by omission. I mean, what he's talking about is propaganda techniques, is what it seems like so far. That's, in my opinion, still lying. You're misrepresenting facts. That's, that's lying as far as I'm concerned, right? This is done constantly. Politicians today will take a, a statistic and just blow it totally out of proportion. Like I, I saw something today on one of the news feeds that I got and they said today is the anniversary, January the 6th of the Trump riots and the, his terrorists. 
Yeah, I, I disagree with that. That's not a fair representation. Uh, it wasn't a riot. It was an intentional insurrection. So I'm on board with you, Andrew Womack. I appreciate you pointing that one out. Well, they took a truth that a year ago on January the 6th, people breached the Capitol and stuff, and we could spend a lot of time talking about that, but they took some truth and they totally mispresented it. What do you call it? People broke into the Capitol. They had gallows erected out back. They had zip tie handcuffs on them. What do you call this? They carried the flag of another country through the halls of Congress. What do you call this? I call it sedition at the very least. And by the by, people have been charged with sedition recently. Really not sure what you're getting at with this, but this feels like the exact situation that you're describing right now. What you seem to be doing right now is misrepresenting the facts to give it a better spin, to give your side a better perspective, to give your side a better view of how things were. The time talking about that, but they took some truth and they totally mispresented it the thing and blamed it like Trump's the one that caused all of that. He is. Trump caused all of this. There is evidence of that at this point. We have evidence for this. I'm really not sure what he's getting at here. That's false witness. And guess who is the father of that? Every falsehood is birthed by the devil. Okay, that's a really interesting perspective and an incorrect perspective. Doctrinally, I think what the Bible was saying is that Satan was the creator of the lie, or the devil was the person that invented the lie, the father of the lie, not the father of every single individual lie. When you are supposed to have cleaned your room and you tell your parent, oh yeah, totally, I cleaned it, but you didn't, that isn't Satan creating that lie. That's just you not telling the truth. That's you lying because you don't want to work, or that's you lying because you want to put it off for a day or something. That's what that is. It's not Satan literally coming into your brain and, and forcing you to fabricate this lie or whatever. I think that is such a bizarre way to look at doctrine. It should give you an idea of how this guy views the rest of the Bible, like wh how he looks at things from a biblical perspective. So we should be able to look back in his history and not see a single example of any lies from this guy, right? If we go back and look at some of his old clips, we won't see a single lie. If that's what he believes, then we shouldn't see one lie, right? Check this clip out. I, I covered this when it happened. This came from a live stream he did on February 2nd, 2021. Give this a listen. You know, real quickly, we need to take questions, but real quickly, when my wife and I first got married, we were poor and we lived in a house that wasn't insulated. And so we had a gas heater on the inside to keep the place warm, but because there was no insulation, the walls sweat. And in the uh, closets, especially where it was dark and stuff like this, we just had mildew everywhere. And you know what I did? Instead of taking something and cleaning it off and repainting or something, I took Deuteronomy chapter 28 and read it. Mildew, you are a curse. Then I turned over to Galatians 3.13. I'm redeemed from you. And I spoke to mildew and cursed it. And did you know it went away without me having to clean it and do something? It was a curse. And I rebuked the curse. And I got free from that.
you full of shit right now. You remember what you said a minute ago, right, Andrew Womack? You said that Satan is the father of all lies. Each individual lie, Satan is crawling in your head and fabricating it and making you say it. You lying right now? That sounds like a straight-up lie to me. You telling me you sat down with a Bible and opened it to Deuteronomy and prayed the mildew away. Is that what you're telling me with a straight face? This doesn't look like a chuckle to me right here. This doesn't look like a laugh. This guy is unironically telling us he prayed mildew away and expects us to believe it. Let's watch this next clip. This one's from 2020. Check this one out. We were promised that no sickness would even come nigh our dwelling. And Daniel, something I've been studying just in the last couple of days mm -hmm. based on all of this was Exodus 23, 25. And that verse says that you shall serve the Lord your God and he shall take all take away all sickness from take you. all sickness away from the midst of thee. Mm -hmm. And I looked up those words in the Hebrew and the word take and away, the word on either side of sickness, it literally means to turn off. Wow. He will turn off sickness and it was put in there twice just to emphasize that you know whatever receptors you have in your body that mm -hmm. make you receptive mm -hmm. to sickness, he'll turn it off. That's awesome. I, that's awesome. That's a so great revelation. I've got all of that on our website. You can go study those things. You understand what he's saying, right? You understand that he's basically telling Christians they don't have to worry about getting sick because God said that he would protect them from it. That's sick. That is sick shit right there. This is at least as bad as Kenneth Copeland putting his hand on the TV and saying, I've cured you all, you're all healed, I've gotten rid of the virus with God's blessing. That's pretty fucking bad too. I am so mortified, is that the word? I am so mortified by how these televangelists and evangelical pastors have acted. And then to come out here and say, Satan is the father of every lie with a straight face like this guy did. He has no shame. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues, Issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.